prime rib. That's how I'm opening this episode. It's incredibly immature. A little spin on the queen deep dive we're talking about today. But honestly, every time, okay, not every time I sing this, but many times when I sing this, I often change the lyrics simply for my own amusement. No other reason. It's silly. I love it. Hey guys, welcome to my 86th dive. Track number six on Queen's eighth album, The Game, released in 1980. We are kicking off side two of the album with a bang. But it doesn't start with a bang. It actually starts quite soft, relaxing, a little bit more unassuming. A stark contrast to the retro vibe of the previous number, of course, the wonderful, crazy little thing called love. You guys, I just have to say, that dive was one of my favorite dives. Seriously. When I think about every single dive I've ever done, there's a few that stand out to me as monumental or really important or a lot of fun. One of those is the previous crazy little thing called love. And I think the reason I enjoyed it so much is because I learned a lot about the song that I surprisingly didn't already know in my process of preparing for the Queen Deep Dive. But just going through it and talking about a number that's so well-loved was incredibly exciting and happy. It's funny that the song itself is actually about being hesitant to fall in love. But there's so much joy around it. And when we think about Freddie singing it and performing it live with the acoustic guitar, it kind of makes you go, oh, it's a very nostalgic moment that I think when we think of Freddie and Queen, it pops into our brains, especially the Live Aid performance. So I loved doing Crazy Little Thing Called Love. I remember doing some of the others like White Man, which is somewhat controversial, I loved talking about Liar from their very first album. And I also enjoyed talking about the March of the Black Queen from their second album, going into Funny How Love Is. I remember those dives well. They were fantastic. And then there was, of course, the touching You Take My Breath Away, my favorite ballad from Freddie Mercury. But today, it's all Roger Taylor and the first number we get from him on the game. Both of his numbers, both his contributions, are on side two of this album. And what we're getting from him today is rock and roll celebration. This is entirely an enthusiastic, ecstatic, I love rock and roll in Roger's own way. Of course, we already know this about him. He's thrown in lyrics about his love for the rock and roll lifestyle many times. Notably in modern times, rock and roll, of course, and in Tenement Funster. He's also spoken to the edgy, kind of angry <laughs> rock and roll lifestyle. And here it's all about the prime jive rockets. Prime jive. I think Freddie always referred to this as rocket. If he ever introduced it in concert, in the live setting, he simply said, Rocket, at least the recordings I was able to find. This is, yep, Dive 86, the power pop rock new wave rock and roll anthem on the game by Roger Taylor. This was actually the B side to the song 
need your loving tonight. The U.S. single release. Ooh, I need your loving. What a great song that is. Another great song on the game that I enjoy singing tremendously. There's so many wonderful kickback and sing it anytime moments. And Rocket, Prime Jive, is definitely one of those moments. I got to say, too, that this song, initially, I wasn't as impressed with it. Totally honest. It's one of those numbers that I heard it. I thought, you know, it's well done, very well performed. It's catchy. But it wasn't something that jumped out at me, didn't grab me. It wasn't over the top of Mastic, like much of the material from Queen 2 or A Day of the Races. It didn't have the style that initially appealed to me when it comes to Queen. When we think about Queen, we think about their huge hits. And I love their elaborate, ornate hits. Somebody to love. Bohemian Rhapsody, of course. I almost said father to son, but that's not a hit. I'm just talking about songs that I have such a deep love for. And this song was not one of those numbers. I first heard it and I thought, this is great, this is fun, but I could kind of take it or leave it. But the more I've listened to it and the more blown open my mind is now, because I finally listened to a ton of live performances of the song, I gotta say, this is one of my favorites from Roger, I think. I generally will pick this to bust out when I'm cleaning the house or doing whatever. I don't need to be cleaning the house. I can simply bust this out and rock to it and love it and sing it and enjoy it. It's in a very comfortable range for me to sing, as Roger often is. So naturally, I want to pick this up and rock out with him. This is at 160 beats per minute. It's in 4-4 common time, except for the intro, which is in 6 Eight, one of Roger's favorites, commonly used time signatures, actually. We're in the key of B major with a little touch of F sharp major. A soft intro. It incorporates power vocals from Freddie. Rocket, prime jive, starts a lot like Tenement Funster. Yes, or at least the guitar riff reminds us of that. It's arpeggios. This is much more new wave influenced, yes. Roger is the obvious member of the band that keeps them in the moment when it comes to trends. We see that on every album, these last few albums. He generally pushes the band towards the sounds of the moment. And this, Rocket Prime Jive, is no exception, but it does have... Yes, a nod to earlier tracks. As I said, Tenement Funster, it's also a Roger Taylor song off their third album, Sheer Heart Attack, one of my favorites from him as well. And I also get a little bit of Sheer Heart Attack here. Not necessarily the album version of Rocket, but the live version reminds me of the furiously paced Sheer Heart Attack, the song, not the album. And the song was actually on their album, News of the World, I know. It's such a mess. But he started writing Sheer Heart Attack, the song, during the recordings for that album, that very same album. It wasn't finished, so they shelved it for a time. He pulled it off, he finished it. Anyway, 
Yes, Rocket Prime Drive reminds me of several previous Roger penned numbers. And this is in, yes, one of Roger's favorite meters, 6-8, kicks off a number that transitions from that relaxing, almost lullaby-like chill out to rockin' in a blink and the most blazingly fast song on the game, 160 BPM. Is that what I said? Yes. Power chords and modern sounds. Roger takes over the lead vocals. After the introduction and the attitude, he pushes it to celebrate rock and roll and all its awesomeness. We have a notable inclusion of very sweeping glissando synths, reportedly contributed by both Roger and producer-engineer Reinhold Mack. These synths create a very poppy, new wave jive that it just begs you to dance. Roll your windows down on the highway, scream and shout, all that. When I think about the word jive, I want to talk about the word jive because it's kind of funny. That word is not very common in this day and age. I don't hear a lot of people say it. I don't, I don't read it a lot. But it definitely was more popular back then in the 70s and the 80s. Otherwise, it just feels a little bit antiquated. And, and I guess this is just another example of my old soulness. <laughs> Because I use that word a lot. I've just figured out that I use that word a lot. I talk about the jive, and maybe it'll have a renewal of sorts. I don't know. I do love the word jive. It's a great jive. Anyway, this has that total new way jive. I can't even talk. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I hope this dive turns out well. If I'm totally honest, I'm a little bit off my game today because, sadly, I am on steroids again for my autoimmune disease, but I don't want to talk about that right now because I want to focus on the funness, the awesomeness of this song and this Queen Deep Dive. Let's focus on the goodness. Otherwise, yes, I'm a little bit airheaded, honestly, today. I'm going to repeat myself way too many times. I just know it. Let's continue on with Rocket Prime Jive. This is a terribly transparent. Anyway, all right, focus, focus, focus. So this is a fantastic celebratory number. Brian's guitar licks, distortion, loud, gritty, at times very lyrical though too. He gives us a little bit of all of that style in his arrangement here. Not as over the top as we've heard in the past, not as prominent, not as, the, not as at the forefront. <laughs> I told you guys, I'm a space cadet. But what really captures your attention here is Roger's snappy drums, all those cymbals, lots of cymbals, especially on the live version, and those bright synthesizers that they sing out alongside our composer's very edgy, fun, strong vocal delivery. I love it for all it is. It's a love letter to rock and roll. I believe it. I get it. Roger loves this music. He's told us so many times, not just in a song, but in interviews. We know how much every single one of these guys loves rock and roll and all the style it brings. Sadly, this song was only played 44 times. And I say sadly because I, my love for this number has gone through the roof since I watched, listened to some of these live performances. They were all performed 80 and 82, mostly in 82 during the Hot Space Tour, actually, 
Freddie takes the lead on all the vocals live entirely, but Roger lends his voice to some nice harmonies here and there, and his fills too. His fills on the drums, a lot more dynamic and fun than they are on the record. This is very common, actually. We get this from both Roger and Brian, all the guys. They give us more when they're on a stage, and that's why I love it so much. The cymbals are a near constant, especially in the outro. Freddie sounds great in lots of recordings of this. In fact, this tour period, I think I've mentioned this before, the late 70s, early 80s, some people claim Freddie sounded best here, that he had this wonderful mix of his earlier, what I would say, fuller voice in general with this kind of stronger, edgier delivery we got from him later in their tours. There's a wonderful balance of it here. Brian and John almost sound like one unit, one person pounding away on the eighth notes. This is a nice change because you kind of think of John and Roger as this unit, the low end, right? The low end frequencies, the bass and the drums, they always go together. But in this case, I think Brian and John are almost... They're almost welded into one person quite often. Freddie's lead vocals give this a different flavor, right? When we listen to this on the album, we're, we become very accustomed to hearing Roger's edginess that I think he, he called his own voice kind of having, did I read that he said this or someone else wrote something like a sandpapery quality, quality to it? But we get used to that when we hear it on the album. But here, this is all Freddie in that full voice. I do miss Roger's edge and that grit, but Freddie is very powerful and very affecting as a vocalist. The outro is all out, fun and glitz, rock and roll noise. Roger and Freddie trade off improvised call and response vocals, and they're so good at this. I never can tell if it's if some of it's improvised versus rehearsed. These guys were incredibly well rehearsed all the time. They worked hard to make their shows look and sound like they did, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did a lot of rehearsals for these kinds of improvised vocals, but it does feel like it's entirely on the fly. And that's what makes it great. Brian gives us distorted, rowdy guitar. It's excellent. It's grittier and more fun than the album. My gosh, is it more fun. No wonder crowds went nuts. The energy of the boys is totally on here. I talk about the guys being very on in some songs live more than others. There are songs that they feel like they're a little bit going through the motions, if I'm honest, but this is not one of those. This is one of those numbers where you feel like they're in it. They're connecting with the audience. They're having a good time. The Tokyo 81 recording of this is a great showcase of the guys owning the stage. They're flying faster than the album, which is already at 160 BPM, remember? Roger is singing while he's playing this. And at this pace, it's almost like speed metal, but he nails it. This is what reminds me of Sheer Heart Attack, especially live. Talk about a number that was really, really intense live, that was over the top, insane tempo live. But he nails it. This is one of those songs that's almost better live. Really, I think the interplay between Freddie and Roger is magic. Buenos Aires, 81, Brian's solo, and John's bass. All of it, really. In fact, I prefer this without the synth slides and the glissandos, the live version. Yep, 
listening to an 82 performance of this from New York, it's not in the same key. I found that unless the recording was slowed down, which is not uncommon. Sometimes you get these old bootleg recordings that they don't transition well from analog to digital or something happens in the recording process. So things become slowed down. I've listened to quite a few recordings like this, but I don't think that's the case because if you listen to Freddie's performances, his vocals, he sounds like himself. He doesn't sound like he's slowed down. The guys don't sound any different. They just sound like they're playing in a different key. And I suppose this was done on purpose. It's not uncommon, not uncommon for as artists to get a little older and time moves on, you lower the key so you can hit some of those high notes. And maybe it was for the best. Maybe it ultimately gave a better performance because Freddie was more comfortable in that vocal range at that point. I don't know. I'm sure there was a decision. I'm sure there was a reason for that decision. But it's just something I noticed in that performance. Some fun facts about Rocket Prime Jive. Yes, the keyboards are by producer Mac. And this was released as a single in South Africa with Dragon Attack as the B-side. I discovered that when I looked it up on Discogs. I finally started looking up every song on Discogs because there are really unknown. I'm saying really a lot. I'm so sorry. There are plenty of unknown obscure releases of singles of queen singles that i don't think a lot of people know about and this was a surprise to me i found the catalog number for it i should have written it down anyway yes this is a trade-off of lead vocals by freddie and roger not something we get a lot from the guys and i love when this happens because it feels so different right one guy takes the lead and we get vocals harmonies from the others often, but we don't usually see a trade-off of vocals. And one of the more notable times this happened recently was with Roger's Fun It from the album Jazz, which was their official first foray into the dance and or disco world. And I love that even more because Freddie sings more than just the intro or anything there, or one phrase. They actually trade off in the verses and then the little bridges that lead into the chorus. But here, Freddie has the intro. Roger has the rest on lead. And we hear all three of the boys. We hear Freddie, Brian, and Roger singing harmonies in the background. And Roger picks up a little bit of electric guitar here. He, I think I can tell where he is. There's a distinctive shift in tone and approach and style between Brian and Roger, obviously. I mean, of course, I'm going to say Brian is the better guitarist. That's why he's the guitarist. But Roger was more than a competent guitarist. And I think he does stand out when you listen to this here. And I'll try to mention as I go through the track in detail where I think he's playing versus where I think Brian's playing, if I can remember. Roger interviewed with Sounds in 1980 with Robbie Millar in the article, and he talked about this song saying, Rocket is totally elemental. It's the most basic song ever that just says you can enjoy rock and roll. That's all. Unquote. Yes. 
I love it. <laughs> I love that he's totally honest about what the song is. It's not anything deep. It's not anything super introspective. It's not like his genius moment, Drowse, which he's actually called himself. Did he say it was an anomaly? I do remember him recognizing that that song was a very different approach for him. I loved it. Nonetheless, I also love this because he's all about the rock and roll. I do have some harsh criticism. I have some, how dare they? Of course, how dare they? Washington Post dismissed this as just one of the album, The Game's numbers that's typical rock with no distinction from the tons of other efforts from bands of the moment. Sounds was also hard on this, claiming the lyrical substance of the band had entirely crumbled, referencing this song's intro lyrics into the first verse as a major disappointment. I don't even want to read the exact quotes because, honestly, it's exhausting going through these harsh comments. It's not like I don't expect them. Of course I do. We've had them time and again from these publications. So it's no surprise, but... I have some praise. Record Mirror picked on this song's intro, but otherwise praised it, writing, quote, Rocket could have really done without that Alvin Stardust overtoned intro, but fortunately, it develops into a fine flash, bang, wallop, and should be good for videos, unquote. I'm not sure what kind of videos they were referring to. This song doesn't have an official video, but maybe it should have given that comment. I do love this song, you guys. I do love it. I love listening to it. I love rocking out to it. Those simple arpeggios that we start with. Almost a lullaby, this intro. John's resonant bass notes. He just strikes it and it rings out. Freddie. It gets down to my soul when it's real rock and roll. Simple. Root chord, fourth, fifth, and a resolve. Twice we get this goodness. Twice Freddie completely blows us away with his strong reverbed vocals, especially that C. My word. He nails it. And I want to talk about the lyrics here. It gets down to my soul when it's real rock and roll. I love that. No, it is not groundbreaking. But I love the admission of that, the enthusiasm, the affinity for it. I love it. Roger chimes in towards the end of the intro. But a minute in, that's when it really starts. We're not settling down. Crash, power chords, Roger. Singing away. John, dang, what is happening? Pulsing, radiating bass lines. This arrangement is so simple. A fifth and the tonic. That's much of what we get through pretty much the entirety of this song. But Roger is shining in this vocal performance. His high range is all lit up here. What do you hear on the radio? Coming through the air. I really love that lyric. Those guitar accents between the lyrics, those D notes, sneaky synthesizers glittering everywhere. And it's very strategic where these synthesizers are placed. We have them almost in a call and response, almost in a musical conversation with Roger. And it's very strategically done, very well done, tastefully. They are indeed a nice touch. Gives this song that new wave feel. But otherwise, this is all rockin', 
and rollin', reminiscent of earlier, faster, harder numbers. Oh, and Roger's drumming. His open hi-hat on obvious display with that snare. Come on, baby, Sid, it's all right to rock and roll on a Saturday night. A brief key change. And guys, there are sixth chords in here. I've talked about how much I love those chords. It's this rhythm guitar, you guys. This is the moment. You remember when I talked about moments where it was Roger playing guitar versus Brian, and it's actually electric rhythm guitar. And these are the moments you can hear those little rhythm guitars. That, that is the moment. That is, that is Roger right there. I do believe that's him. Brian will get the spotlight later, of course. And I love this chorus. It's fun. I sing it all the time. Shoot and get your suit and come along with me. I said, come on, baby, run, come and rock with me. I said, yeah. I said, yeah. Yes, please. I'm there for it, Raj. The second verse, hey, it's a reverse. If you notice this, the chords are flipped from the previous verse, but it's not obvious. I actually had to go back and listen to the first verse because I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. It started on the opposite chord where it does here. It's simple, but it's a genius move. I think it makes it more interesting. We're gonna rock it, and we are, with this growling, growing guitar rising into a sparkling run of notes so fast and furious, but wait, wait. Oh, this, ladies and gents, this is Brian, this swirling, rising. It's not quantized. These notes, they, they scratch in creates this anticipation, extremely rousing and invigorating. And then suddenly it swirls and flies into this run that's ridiculous that we would always expect from Brian. And there's all this distortion and grit. This is a wonderful moment for him. And it's nice because, again, we've had this rhythm guitar from Roger through pretty much the rest of the song entirely. So this is the moment where Brian comes in and explodes, and it's wonderful. I appreciate the distortion we get in this moment, the synths drop out, allowing that rock edge to dominate. There's a fantastic, subtle increase in sound on almost every instrument in this breakdown. It's not as obvious when you're listening to this loud, but if, if you turn it down a bit, you're gonna notice that crescendo. The bass swells, Brian's guitar snarls, the drums beat crisp and loud, then into the last phrase. We want some prime job, oh. Oh, some of my favorite soaring vocals from Roger here, and you can hear Freddie and Brian join Roger in the backing. We want some prime jive. Prime rib. <laughs> that is where I substitute. We want some prime rib. In all seriousness, a fun, swinging, danceable number that gets me moving, driving faster, all that. The more I listen to this, the more I love it. It's polished, wrapped up with a prime bow. Get down. Come on, honey. Woo. We're going to rock it tonight. Yeah, we're going to rock it tonight. See, it's simple. That's all it is. This is not a number you need to think about. This is not something you should pick apart. I'm really upset about the criticism for this song from the publications at the time because Queen has told us not to take them too seriously. They've told us to relax and enjoy it, to just calm down and enjoy it. 
So that's what we're going to do with Rocket Prime Jive. And I hope you guys love it. Go check out some of those light performances. Seriously, I think it's going to give you a different perspective on the song. I know it did me, made me love it all the more. And I think you will too. Rocket Prime Jive, our first number on the second side of the game. I'll be back next time with a song that is going to surprise you. If you're not familiar with Queen's entire catalog already, I think you're going to be a bit stunned and maybe even offended. <gasps> mm hmm Yeah. Even I have to be in a specific certain mood to listen to and enjoy the next number, but we'll get into all those details and more next time. In the meantime... Keep yourselves alive. I'll be back later, hopefully not in a brain fog. I apologize again for my repetition, redundant words, and far too many uses of the word really, 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 as Shrek would say. All right, guys, next time.